Oh yeah, Spence. You know what time it is. Ventura Forward Podcast. Where we're sharing that stoke and we're back once again at our favorite time of the week. Fridays it's coming out as we're always searching for those tasty waves, hot tunes, fun in the sun, and righteous food all across the 805. We're so busy, our phones are always ringing and the texts are coming in. On this show, you know what we're doing. We're bringing those segments where we can break it down and bring the goods and news to our faithful listeners. Spence, how you feeling? It's just been a weekend of one thing after another. I had a week going into the weekend. I had jury duty. And I, I made it through that, and then I, I missed Jim Duran's big party over at the Greek. You were there. Mm-hmm. I checked that out one of our podcasts that came in today, District 6, which ties in today's guest. What else is happening? Project Understanding. We have the event at the Aloha Steakhouse. That was an event that happened Wednesday. Okay. What else? Buena Ventura football game this Friday night. So this podcast should drop on the morning Friday at Buena. Get out there. Man, college, high school football in the area. The Newberry Park team is doing up there with the Marimani League. St. Bonaventure is playing at top notch. So if you want the Friday night lights, get out there. Harvest Festival. Did you make it on the Harvest Festival, Spence? I did, and it was outstanding. I was. It was so good. We had so much fun there. The kids got stuff, uh, got some earrings, got some fun things. And we really, really had a good time there. So all is well in the uh, city of Ventura. Let's keep that fun going. Off the top of my mind is that Seaside Highland Games is at the fairgrounds this weekend. Seems like everything this summer was happening at what they called Surfers Point Live in the fairgrounds parking lot. What a great job Vincenzo and his team did. Shout out Jimmy Wald and his audio and video team for always putting that amazing work together because it was one festival. We talked about, obviously, the Throwdown Cornhole Tournament, but it was amazing, Spence. A fun summer's coming to an end. I'm ready to trick-or-treat. And we're rolling. That's it, exactly. We're rolling into Halloween, then the fun really starts. So uh, good times in the city of Ventura. What is happening on this podcast? Bum, bum, bum. The beat's coming through because the elections are here, and Ventura Forward's diving deeper into the candidates that we want to learn more about that are running for Ventura City Council. Today, we've got a special guest in Steph Carba. She's running in District 6, which is the Montalvo area where we're currently in studio, Spence. Awesome. I have been in District 6 as a worker uh, for 33 years. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a, I can't vote. Shouldn't I be get a vote? Yeah, I've been may, here forever. We, I sleep here. No. I'm here all the time. <laughs> can I take residency once, here? Once we start tracking you, putting that chip inside your body, maybe they can GPS you, and that would be a good thing. And maybe track other city council members who have been rumored not to be living in the district. But this council member wants to come today on the podcast. It's one of those ones, community members, I'm going to learn more about because we don't know that much about her. We've heard about Jim Duran on the podcast. Danny Carrillo declined coming on the podcast, but he's a union head. We know about that. Lori Brown is the third candidate. We've seen her on council for the last four years. And here's the fourth missing piece, Steph Carba from White Plains, New York. How you doing? Hello, hello. Let's do Somebody it. Somebody declined us. I'm taken <laughs> aback. I know. Danny said he was too busy in his okay. schedule, which is fine him. and mm-hmm. understandable. We've also invited him. Let's plug it real fast to our forum that Steph has said she's coming to next week at Connect Church on Thursday, October 13th, 6.30 p.m. Check out the Instagram, Facebook, follow, subscribe for all that good stuff because the form is coming. But Steph is here on the podcast today at number 27 to tell us about the motivation agenda and how she shares the stoke about Ventura. Steph, let's start there. What drives you in your heart to love Ventura so much? Yeah, God, I mean, it's a absolutely beautiful town. I, um, I mean, it's the neighbor's 
that has got me to really fall in love with this town. I have everyone on my block is so kind. The neighbor's kids jump over the fence and they hang out in my yard. They come into my house. They play pool in my garage. Uh, it is, it's the vibes. I can't go out in public without seeing someone I know for better or for worse. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I absolutely love that. Like it is, uh, it's a small town feel, absolutely gorgeous weather, uh, gorgeous ocean hillsides, everything about it. Like it is, uh, I've had the pleasure of living in a few spots and, and this is it. This is, I, I love this town. During the intro, I mentioned White Plains, New York. Yeah. You've been living in Ventura for six years. Yeah. What brought you to the great town of Ventura to live here? And also along that same lines, when was the first time you visited Ventura? Yeah, so I was hired to work at Patagonia six years ago. And that is really uh, why I I moved here. Actually, the first six months that I worked at Patagonia, I was living in my car at Emma Wood State Beach. <laughs> wow. So, uh, my that, favorite beach. You really, like, you really like the outdoors. I, <laughs> That's how much Patagonia I was uh, living in my car, and uh, I would, like, shower and eat at work. And then uh, at the end of the day, I would just uh, hang out over there, make a bonfire, and then go to sleep. And, uh, yeah, and, but uh, my, so my parents are both Austrian, and they immigrated to New York in 1980, and that's where my brothers and I were born. And then I was there for, a hot, uh, like, 11 years, moved to Houston, Texas for six very hot years, uh, and then came out to California after that, quite a manifest destiny. Um, and then I did my undergrad and graduate degrees up at Santa Barbara, and so my kind of introduction to Santa Barbara and Ventura counties was really uh, in my kind of undergraduate experience. Um, and then we talk about yeah. coming west. Yes, manifest destiny. And no matter how long you've been here, we talked about in my uh, intro with you in the green room, yeah. I've been here for about four generations. Both sets of my grandparents from my mom and my dad's sites happened so to come cool. here in 1930s, the yeah. 20s. You know, and it's luck, yeah. right? And yeah, not yeah. luck for, for me it was, yeah. and for your family, it was that same vibe yeah. and sharing of that stoke. And now that you're here, not only do you want to have your job here, yeah. be part of the community. Well, and my family has followed me too. I literally got the job, and now my uh, literally my backyard goes right into my mom's backyard. So we managed ah. to find two houses directly behind each other. And so she's here, my older brother's here, my younger brother and his uh, wife are in Oxnard eight minutes away. So... Can I ask I got, what neighborhood we're talking about? Not your expect address, because I'll come over and hang out with the pool table, but what neighborhood are you in? Oh, right here. I'm up on Crowley. My mom's on Swan. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, right in... The bird track. Uh, I, so, I, yeah, I biked here. It took like four minutes. I would call that North Bird Track, because, yeah. you know, South Bird is a little bit different, but so North Bird Track yeah. and the uh, OG mind. Spence, you like the bird track? I love the bird track. I've been here for 30-some years, buddy. <laughs> I know the bird tracks. But here's the interesting thing. So you came out here and people followed you. When yeah. you first left and came out to Cali, were you a leaver? Were you somebody who no. left? Them? With my dad, he came from Montreal to California. Yeah. And everybody was mad at him. And he had a, kind of a big family. Ten years later, they all lived here. Because they started hearing his stories and they're like, Oh, yeah, John abandoned us. And so did Aunt Jean and Aunt Isabel and Aunt Ina. <laughs> the only one who stayed back was good old Uncle, Uncle Peter, great <laughs> uncle. Uh, but it's funny, the, the attraction of not only California, but Ventura. Mm-hmm. It's huge. What a statement. monster magnet. Well, what a statement, too, and a different diversity of conversation to where you hear about so many people leaving. Mm-hmm. Families mm-hmm. from Ventura that I know and on this podcast, I'm sure we're hearing about people leaving in the like drones so much, right? You're going to yeah. you know, Texas. Tennessee, maybe Arizona, mm. Idaho, 
is a different one that we've talked about before. So your family want, but they want to come. Mm-hmm. And that's a great thing is that I, I always compare Ventura to the most beautiful pond in the world, like a spring. And we know that every good spring has to have the outtake and then the intake yeah, of yeah. water. But we all want to keep it the same. You want to capture that moment in time. Then you put that political term NIMBY, right, yeah. on that pond. Then that pond can't survive because then we're not doing that balance. Yeah. And so that's kind of that sharing of that stoke and hearing more about you. I love hearing about your past, how you got here. Um, let's get into real fast. Maybe a little bit. We talked about the Ventura Ford with a lot of our city council candidates that come here. And two-part question. Sure. It goes into your motivation, which I think we touched on briefly there, but maybe describe a little bit more about your family. What makes you feel inside to be a leader, to put on city council, to take on that burden to lead? What motivates you? And then what's on your agenda to make that motivation happen? Yeah. Do you feel that question? Yeah, yeah. What's the spirit? And then what's the tangible calls to action that you want to make on city council to make that happen? Yeah, right on. Um, I, I think at the very core of who I am, I am a, uh, I think I'm, sl- I'm a, an impatient person. <laughs> I want to see things happen. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so, I mean, I back, uh, in 2018 and 2020, I was a poll worker. I wanted to, to kind of be that in the community that wasn't enough and then I really decided to apply for general plan advisory committee early last year which was amazing because I could basically sit with you know Bill McReynolds and Lori Brown and the rest of the folks on that committee and lay out the maps of Ventura and envision kind of what it could be and should be in the next 20-30 years um but similar to my job at Patagonia, so I'm on the product impact and innovation team, and so I am. I research and quantify the various environmental impacts of Patagonia's products. I work with designers, developers, uh, business unit directors to reduce those um, kind of set goals, reduce impacts, uh, and then I also work really closely with marketing to kind of uh, externally communicate that information. And so I can't just bring a solution or an inter- innovation to the product team and just say like make it happen. Like I need to make sure cross-functionally we're all on the same page, same calendar, that we can actually scale it, get it in the product line in a way that reduces impact and also works for the business. And so similarly, like I want to take that experience and apply it to the city. Now through GPAC, I know what the city needs through living here for six years, talking to my neighbors. I know what the city needs, what Montalvo needs. Mm. Um, And so from that, I... I want to say that's a bold statement. I like that. You know what they need. Yeah. I like that because I think the Ventura needs leaders that are bold on their convictions. Yeah. Right or wrong. We're going to have some disagreements, I think, because we're going to get into the agenda now. I'm sure everyone's going to agree and disagree on things. But you feel, though, that you have that tenacity and that experience to bring the leadership to Montavo. Yeah, I mean, if you sit in these conversations and if you talk to neighbors enough, you start to hear the themes and you start to hear what folks want to see out of the city in the future. And so uh, it's not I, I don't think it's that hard to connect those dots and then to, to follow through and make it happen. So. Where did you go to school? Santa Barbara, UCSB. You go did? Ga- go Gauchos. OK. And then was what was your um, degree and what was your what was your passion in your degree while you were studying? Yeah. So undergrad, I did hydrology. So kind of environmental science with a focus on easy. water. Hi. I, I, that was high school uh, for me. And then no. uh, a grad school, environmental science and management. Okay. And so, so I actually did my thesis for Patagonia. So politics was not in your in your vision when no. you when you were young in your age now. But water is very political these days. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. I am thirty two. Thirty two. Mm-hmm. I'm forty two. Just so we're always even. I'm twice you. Ha. 
<laughs> and that's great because as a reference, you know, we look at experience, we look at passions, the motivation. For those who can't do math, by the way, I'm 48. Thank you, Spence. <laughs> Gosh, I was thinking that close. We get it back right back into it to um, with that motivational factor about not politics, but then you were able to connect the dots. And I wanted to just see that because Spence, you don't see it where somebody wants to actually visually see that and then put their name on the ballot. That's what's special about leadership in the process we're in right now. And the other thing that's interesting about when we get into the old timers thing, and I really like people who've lived in the community for a long time, but I've never held it against somebody who's only been here three, four, five years because sometimes they can get the energy and they can yeah. they can see what's needed. You can get stuck in things. Yeah, I, I like, certainly I do. like to view it as like you're you're in the house, you're running around, you're looking for your sunglasses, and someone comes in and is like, they're on your head, man. Yeah, like, and they so figure it's it out. that I, I feel like I could bring that. And it's not like you're you, you went to school, UCSB, mm -hmm. so you know. You've been here long enough. It's been a minute. Certainly. Steph, are you the one that's wearing the sunglasses on your head or the one that says, there they are? I'm the one saying, there they are. <laughs> They're on your head, man. Because <laughs> I'm the one with them on my head. <laughs> uh, uh, back into, I think, my initial question, just I want to be allowed to finish that. So we're seeing the motivation for you to really understand the community. Yeah. Make your community better. Make it to where families can hop over their fences, build lives together. You've brought your life out here. What are some of the agenda items that you see that you can bring to city council, right? Bring to recommendation, not let them get dissected in the middle of the process and then put them to a vote. Yeah. What are some of those agenda items and changes that you want to see that you can bring to Montavo? Yeah, for sure. I mean, Montalvo and District 6 has only really been part of the city for like 10 years. So there's a lot that we need to advocate for ourselves to catch up to the rest of the city. And one of the big things, uh, at least in my uh, on my street and in my community, is access to sidewalks. My neighbors, three kids, they can't get to the Little League uh, fields. They can't get to Montalvo Hill Elementary. Both of those things are like a quarter mile like they should be able to walk to those places and they can't they can't there's no sidewalks i can't get to any bus stop uh without walking directly on johnson or uh, on the street and so um the infrastructure access to sidewalks i mean just the the recent budget item that went through to get some sidewalks in montalvo took six years start to finish that's insane uh, that should not be the case. And so uh, advocating for that constantly is definitely something that I, I, it, I want to expedite that process and expand it. Because one of the things that I talk to everyone about that they love is the weather in Ventura. I mean, it's a gem. It's like we live in Southern California. We have some of the nicest weather uh, in the whole United States. But we can't, like, appreciate it. Uh, we can't walk in the streets, take a bike ride to uh, Marina Park or the, you know, Pierpont. Uh, we can't we can't actually spend that time outdoors uh, without vehicles, without cars. Um, and so that is something that I, I, I see a future in Ventura where we have we can move around town. Uh, without cars as much, without so much congestion. And one of the issues, I was raised in Thousand Oaks, and there's no, in our neighborhood, original neighborhood, it had no sidewalks. But yeah. back then, there was no street parking. Yeah. And it was very easy as a kid to walk everywhere. 
But now you put a kid on the street no. and he's either got to walk up on somebody's property yeah. or outside of a car. Can't happen. No. And when we say, how come kids aren't doing this and doing that? Well, it's a, it's unsafe. We haven't planned for them. Yeah. And, and that's a big problem. I know the El Rio area had a really nice build of sidewalks mm. that assisted them getting kids to school. Uh, it's That's like when you look at all the things they can do. And that's not first on the list. That, that's a little troubling. So yes. if it should be first on the list because getting from point A to point B without having to, being able to go for a nice walk to the ball field, yeah, it, that should just be absolute no-brainer. I know. That's done what's next. Yeah. But that's yeah. got to be done still. I know. So good one. Like that. Sidewalks, damn it. Oh, you know, and it gets into the full circle conversation, too, about like there's a bond right now with the school district out there and there's an investment in kids and putting kids as priorities so I like that Steph is including that in her conversation because it's a full circle conversation in the city of Ventura. You know, we've had these distinct lines a lot between the county, the state, mm. the school districts. You know, we could talk about a lot of the traffic alleviation problems that probably come up in the district a lot too. So maybe touch on it, maybe a few more agenda things that you might be looking to help Montavo with. Like if I'm a Montavo voter right now and I'm thinking sidewalks, yes, I get it. Okay, infrastructure. We've been talking about that for a little bit. And the question would be like six years you said was too long how long would be an acceptable time for that action and then what would be kind of ways to create action do you believe in that process yeah i mean uh start to finish i i mean two well two three years half half that like uh and so it's making sure that it's prioritized in, in measure o committee it's making sure that uh and our we need to figure out a way to get more I mean, our, uh, if you look at the public work, works budget just for transportation and kind of uh, city streets, it's like in a deficit of like $257 million or something like that. And so figuring out, and one of the things I've talked about recently is, that, is the fact that like, given the way that California is going on, um, on electric vehicles and the electrification of transportation, uh, Ventura needs to start planning now on the gas tax and figuring out where that funding is going to go to for really important infrastructure projects. And so I want to engage in that conversation in a way that we can figure out how to diversify the portfolio of revenue streams that the city has. I have, yeah, I... I, I like that. That's a good answer, Spence. That's a good answer. I got to admit that. It's a good one. Yeah, all in. Because you know, measure of O2 is important. And the residents. But it's not have, enough either. No, yeah. no, definitely not. But it's good to know that you're aware of Measure O and the power that that has, and the like, the, how much that means to a community to vote a tax in. Again, back yeah. to the school bond again because it's coming back again. Taxing, you know, prices are going up. Mm -hmm. You know, it's that accountability. We talk about what's in the newspapers about the leadership. You know, going to lure and going out to dinner and doing these things, spending our money doing their certain stuff. Do you believe that accountability and Mike, let's take Mike Johnson, for example, how he seems like he's almost alone up on city council. Do you feel that that would be a role that you would be comfortable in when it came oversight. to oversight? Oversight? 100%. I mean, transparency is so important in all regard. And so, yes, the more oversight, the more transparency, the better. I mean, it's, it's public government for a re it's it's we're doing these things i'm not running for city council for myself i'm doing it for the for the people and the residents of district six and the and the the business owners and workers of, of district six and so um those people should know what i would be doing and what money i'm spending at all times 
One thing I don't know and I don't understand about the this part of the government, we have this lovely hotel. Many of the celebrity guests that come on the KVTA morning show stay at the beautiful Victoria Motel. Really? But the loops, how long has that loops been dead? When are we going to put a is, – is this within the scope of a – you know, where, where does that land? Because somewhat of an eyesore, and, and it's Ooh. a bit of an issue. See it right off the freeway, yeah. too. And it is. It's sort of like – well, in the old days, that was absolutely the welcome because this was sort of the highway. Right I here. loved it. Mm-hmm. And it was – yeah, it was, it was really a big deal. But when you look at, at things like that, things that are a blight on the community, if that was something way nicer, property values go up a little. They just would, absolutely. So when you look around the community, things that are more like that visually, because this is a great place to be. I've been here 33 years, I'll say it again. And when I go those back streets, the classic old houses, they got the big front yard. Some of them have little back houses. You know, this is really a cool place. It's a, a wonderful old community. And we would like to keep that feel, but you have to modernize too. So wrecking ball next door, what do we do? I mean, I think that's where the conversations in the general plan advisory committee have been really interesting. I mean, I think rezoning, I think we have an opportunity right now to look at each lot by lot and envision what, whether that should be rezoned to something else, whether it can be, um, you know, mixed use, whether it could be, um, you know, light industrial, something else. And that could spur a change over the next 20 years that could you know, get rid of that blight. Because anybody who drives out of here in uh, where we are at 2284 South Victoria for a locator, the Victoria Motel, along with the gigantic American flag at the Rennet Center, this access road can get impacted. Yeah. You know, the, it can really get tough. And for anybody who is trying to bicycle or is trying to move around otherwise, treacherous. Yeah. Uh, so we, we deal with issues like that with certain sectors of this part of the community really overwhelmed with vehicles and a lot of them are people go-throughs they're not citizens of the area they're not residents that's the case for so much of the i mean and that's one of the things that i feel like has been a miss in a lot of these gpac meetings general plan advisory committee um and because we're looking at lots and then we don't we had we had one meeting where we just talked about transportation active transportation but there's we think about active transportation and, and, you know, prioritizing biking, walking and busing. But the reality is that not everyone is like me and uses those three consistently. I don't have I haven't had a car in over a year and uh, that most residents of Ventura have vehicles. And so we need to have better transportation studies, vehicle studies. And it's interesting to see how the covid shutdown has impacted vehicle speeds. I was talking to um Someone who was saying that uh, once the shutdown happened, there was a, a highway patrol officer on the 118 who in one day didn't stop a single person going under 95 miles an hour. That's bizarre. It, it became a dragway. This, and honestly, so it's, gone, it's come down a little bit since then uh, because more cars are on the road now. But Victoria, Thompson, Foothill, highways. They're highways. People are still going so fast and so we need to figure out a way to in the city needs to partner with the sheriff's department to figure out a way to bring those speeds down in a way that's safe for pedestrians it's safe for for everyone on the streets nobody wants the classic traffic calming where okay you really want bumps out on victoria yeah. impractical but 
we all drive it enough. The left lane that's on the median, obviously. Some people think that's a fast lane. You're driving, somebody's behind you. Yeah. Say, you realize we're not on the freeway, right? This isn't fast lane rules. But mm-hmm. one of the and things people- about Victoria is the fact that right now, they're 126 West has zero connection to the 101 South. So everyone who's going to 126 West is going to hop off on Victoria, bust down to get to the 101 South. That's right. The city needs to figure out a way to make that connection Mm -hmm. so we can actually re-envision Victoria to be something that works for the the district. You can see a what the hell for people who are driving along that are from outside. Who built this? Yeah. Understanding that. I have to go through a town pretty much to get back to the main drag to get Big somewhere. Buses. Yeah, when you when you're dealing with long distance travelers, it happens a lot. <laughs> I like. I want to change I'm, the loops now. I'm literally like giggling inside thinking about this because these are problems, Steph, that have been going on for like 25, 30 years. Yeah. And people come to town and they see it and they learn it and they know it and then you got we got something in common. And, you know, it's all about the connection on wells too, of course. You know, yeah. and these dilapidated merges that we have. So there's smaller. Yeah, so post Emma Woods uh, beach sleeping, I moved to the Citron Apartments on Wells. Okay. So I was in that part of town. for, And, and that was an interesting place to live because there's so much development that's gone up in the meantime. Mm-hmm. And there's no resources for those communities. No. There's no grocery store. There's, there's just a ton of traffic congestion now in that whole area. Let's get really specific right now on one of my biggest projects and passions about where you would be in a council member. Yeah. Are you c- familiar with the development opportunities on Darling and Wells? Just where we unfortunately lost the life of LaVarvi. La she got hit by a car. Unfortunately, no. So Wells and, Wells and Darling, there's yeah. an empty lot where it used to be the Sacred Heart Church. Mm. It was a historic church for over 150 years. Yeah, wow. Well. And they've pieced apart this lot that was supposed to be designated when they did all of those builds yeah they supposed to have a big grocery store out there but because city council and different leaders decided to just drag their feet use 2000 a as an example they parceled it off to more apartments when everyone talks about low-income housing and stuff right and creating more housing that also has some issues as well when you let developers just keep coming in now there's a plot of land that's only big enough for what they say a gas station mcdonald's taco bell Trader Joe's, Vaughn's, these Which places. Which that area already has. You know a lot I'm talking about right across the street from the golf course. Yeah. Hugely have to, I just love to bring you up to speed so fast because community development, and back to Spence's question about why isn't loops being developed, it goes back to one position. That's in the community development department. That's run by Peter Gilley and Meredith Hart right now. These are people that need to put themselves out there in the forefront, not just use their uh, 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 resumes, Meredith's from here. God bless Meredith and what she does. And she has one of the toughest jobs because she's been working so hard to hold the culture line. But everybody wants to build. Everybody wants to move. Mm. So do you think it'd be smart to build a gas station over on the east side? No, there's already gas stations over on the east side. Do you know that the east side needs every east side. So there's actually um, a lot of uh, parents on the east side who who have their kids going to Montalvo Hill Elementary. So I met a ton of – I recently um, had a happy hour with some of the PTA parents of Montalvo Hill – and uh, most of them were East Siders who wanted their kids to be at the bilingual school and to be at yep. Montalvo Hill Elementary. And all of them were like, there's no, the traffic is horrible and there's no grocery stores or services for the residents over there. We have, Not, yeah. go, go ahead, please. Not to mention that one of the things the city needs to be aware about is, so all of the material supply chain lumber issues of 2020, of 2020 to 2022 that a lot of businesses are dealing with issues. You saw the lumber prices then, uh, that how they skyrocketed. Think about 
what those builders and developers were doing in terms of cutting costs and cutting corners when they were building those things. And the quality of those builds is not what we think they are. And one of the homeowners I spoke to, she got a house, moved in, the plumbing was broken. They had to sue the builder. I have another good friend who moved into a new build, a new build in Thousand Oaks. Uh, moved in, brand new build, brand new. Mm-hmm. They couldn't even watch a movie because the electrical broke after 30 minutes. The floor is warping. The the crown molding is warping. Sure. The stairs are not up to go. None of it, only because the code, uh, city code, makes them look at like 10% of the units. The units, they look at two of the really nice ones and ignore the other ones. Wow. And so we need to make sure that when this housing goes up, it's at a quality that's going to last for a century, and it's actually good for the people who end up living there. And that's you got in the bird track, baby. Those houses, I mean, some Dude, of them are doing things. I mean, it's yeah. like a, the house I was, 1953 was built. Yeah. And it is, I mean. I'm going to put one more thing on your radar since we're in the east side. You know that also community de- development design review has another gas station going up on Wells and Telegraph, a double decker gas station. When we're going electric. Supposedly 2035. And right there, too, just let the people know, too, and we're going to go to our advertisers here at the 30-minute mark. Maybe one minute here real fast about, let's say that you go through this election and you do great. And I can speak to this because I ran it four years ago, just so you know, yeah. and I lost to Mr. Nazarenko. Right and I took a lot of my momentum and I used it. Yeah. Do you feel that that's in your heart that no matter what happens that your motivations and agenda can move forward? I know you want to win. I understand that passion, too. And I've lost more than I've won in this town. Trust me. Spence, <laughs> stop laughing at me. So the point again is, can you keep fighting for us with these things you're saying today, even if the cards don't fall in the right way? Yeah, 100%. Cool. Whatever way the cards fall, I mean, I, I, I think I've communicated enough that this is, I've planted my roots here. Uh, my family is here. My future is here. And I, uh, I mean, I'm in it yeah. whether I win or not. I like it, Spence. 30 minutes in the Although no- I'm going to win it. Yeah. Op- no, let's say that. Please don't let anything back. Episode 27. Steph, you having a good time? Hell, heck yeah. 30 minutes has gone by, Spence. Let's get into some of our sponsors, yeah? Yes, let's do it. Question time. Ventura Music Hall is one of our proudest sponsors. They had a big show last night with The Roots. I didn't make it. Sorry, Ariel. I'm trying my best, but I want to go tonight as there's another local Ventura band in the house. But Steph, we want to know, have you been to the Ventura Music Hall yet? No. I haven't. Not do, yet. Do you know where it's located? Yeah, on uh, what? Thompson? No, wait. Um, yeah. Right Thompson there. is correct. In the old school term, it's the VBC, the yeah. Ventura Bowling Center. So it's a. Wasn't j- it? It was under construction. It was like renovated for a while. Yeah, it went from the bowling center for probably like the six, probably something before the bowling center, too. So old schoolers don't get mad at me. Yeah. But from like the 50s to like the 90s, then it turned into something called Discovery. Mm-hmm. And they were the ones that turned into like a semi bowling alley where it wasn't full bowling. Did you go there? Spencer? Bowling pins on strings. It was very strange. The kids thought it was funny when you when you Stop. knock them down. The, the strings came out. And, yeah, and, yeah. And, yeah, it was weird, but yeah, we had a good time. And, but I think they did much better making it a musical because it kills. It's a Josh and uh, the dude he was with that was on Conan. Uh, they sold the place out. It's really varied music uh, and uh, a good venue. So uh, nice, nice use of space. I like that part, Tom. 
Yeah, we're oh, all yeah. in. That's a spot we can get through, sharing that Stoke zone, getting through the front street. But reminder, everybody, Ventura Music Hall is our proud sponsor. We've got your tickets for the shows. You can go experience it for the first time. Steph, let's go to a show soon. Let's do it. Okay, getting down to the Ventura Real Estate Company. Derek- if you could go to a show, what would it be? Just name a show. Oh, God. Who would you want to see? you got to name one. Soul Funk. That's my jam. Really? I'm like, uh, yeah, reincarnated someone from the 60s. So old school? Oh, yeah, 100%. Oh, really? Like Skin Tight by uh, the Ohio Players? Oh, just Redding. Let's roll it out. Favorite singer of all time? Oh, it's favorite. Sam Every, uh, at the end of the year... Uh, my Spotify is like Otis Redding every mm. year. <laughs> I've been saying play my favorite songs on Alexa, and she just, Sam Cooke, Sam nice. Cooke, Sam Cooke, Sam Cooke. I'm like, geez, that much? But hey, what are you going to do? Spence, what's your show right now? My show, boy, that's a, you know, I asked the question, now I have to uh, have to answer it. For something new and something different, boy, what would I like? You know, I, I miss Billy Strings when he was up in Santa Barbara. He just played the Will Turn. Uh, the kid is just nuts. I, I'm a jam band guy from the old school. Oh, nice. I did a little funk in Pacoima uh, back in the day. That's how I got this stuff from my cousin. And I'm a huge Bobby Caldwell fan. Anyone, anyone. And he's great. Uh, but I don't know if he's still out and about. He's, he's a little older now. But he won uh, Best Black Artist in 19, I think it was 79. Nice. And he was white. Wow. He put what? out a record that did not have his face on the cover. What You Won't Do For Love. You know the song. What You Won't Do, You Do For Love. Mm-hmm. I can't sing it. Uh, but he <laughs> uh, he wasn't pictured. And every, it went to all the stations. And they what? said, Best Black artist, and somebody said, by the way, he's white. It's, an, it's a true story. <laughs> the facts we pull out here, and guess who's going to Jack Johnson tonight? Hey, nice. Could it be you? Yeah, yeah. yeah okay. My sister came through with tickets. Nicole. Isn't that great? What a great uh, acoustic surf dude. And Santa Barbara Bull. Santa Barbara Bull. Where he's, he is. Yep, and my wife, he's never been there before. What if Eddie Vedder jumps on stage? It could happen. Yes. Okay. So, the coolest people in town, Derek Turner being one of them, and of course, you're looking at two of them right now, Steph. If you were to name three of the coolest people in the city of Ventura, who would it be? Wow. The coolest people in Ventura? Mm-hmm. I don't I'm I'm uh, very introverted. I don't know. I'm not that cool. I don't Give <laughs> me, come on, give me three names, top of your head. Maybe co- Honestly, coworkers. My, uh, no, my neighbor, my neighbor, Annie Almarez Dice. Like she Oh, I know uh, Annie Almarez. You do, yeah. She runs she runs the Little League. Yeah. And she's married to the Joe Dice. Joe Dice, yeah, yeah. That, they live right next door to me. Their kids are the ones uh jumping the fence and coming into my All yard. right, Annie A on the list. Who else you got? Annie A. Um let's see. Uh Alyssa Foster. Alyssa Foster, what's she doing? Uh, formerly Lofman. Uh, I know Alyssa Lofman very well. Alyssa Lofman, yeah. Uh, Kyle Lofman, her brother, is a good friend of mine. Yeah, nice. Keep going, uh, keep dude, going. So, what's she doing? She's tearing it up at Patagonia? She was at Patagonia for 17 years and then resigned earlier this year. Oh. So, uh, she was my boss for six years, mentor, friend. She's amazing. Uh, now she is, yeah. And she is cool. She's awesome. She's OG, too. Yeah. Bulldogs in the house. Taught me a lot. Uh, and then let's see, number three, gotta say my mom, mom, mom makes it. What's mom's name? Elizabeth. Elizabeth. And she's in Ventura. What's mom's favorite thing to do in Ventura? Oh, great question. Farmer's market Saturday. Farmer's market. Have you mom been to farmer's market since it's moved to? Yeah. Gosh, love. Loving. Yeah. What's the favorite part of the new love? I mean, just the vibe, though. I mean, Main Street Moves, I have been a huge fan since it started 
in 2020. Uh, and so to see that we're bringing the farmer's market over to that space right in front of the mission, you know, right on Main Street, it's, yeah, it's. You know, my favorite part that I've learned on there is the food court. Mm-hmm. Because yep. I mean, now instead of having the vendors spread out, Spence, yeah. they have all the vendors in the uh, Catholic Holy Cross parking lot. Yeah. And it's like a mini fair every weekend. You walk in, dude, the smells are amazing. Love it. It's awesome, dude. I got to admit, I walked by, I'm like, why is, is the fair here? I go, what's going on here? <laughs> and I looked up, I go, and what was cool was the kids were running around in the parking lot because there's a bunch of open picnic tables. So it was kind of that like, you know, not to be lame, being the former Parks and Rec Commissioner, we know the park always isn't the safest. Mm. VPD is doing a way better job since Farmer Market's been there. Yeah. But you had that kid's free free space. Let your kids kind of run around and kind of maybe reprieve a little bit if you're That's a parent. nice. I really like it. Have you seen that vibe? Yeah. It's cool, right? Yeah. Okay, getting down here. Steve Mountain Doll wants to know, what's your favorite thing to do outdoors in Ventura? And you're the Patagonia executive. Can I call you an executive? No. No. You're, <laughs> Patagon- Not yet. <laughs> ah, get her a raise. Let's go, Yvonne. So let's go. Kidding around. What's your favorite little thing to do in Ventura right now? If you're like, let's go spend outside for two hours. What kayaking. Kayaking in the harbor. So do you nice. rent or own? Own. What do you have? Uh, ocean. I, I had a scrambler ocean for uh, about five years. I have two, a 13-footer and 11. It's yeah. so nice. Nothing like surf kayaking. Yeah. It's so fun because an idiot like me can do it. Yeah. I mean, an uncoordinated person. And like, God, like speaking of, we, Ventura is a gateway to one of the coolest national parks in the country. Mm-hmm. We don't talk about that enough. I have had the privilege of visiting many national parks and this, the Channel Islands National Park is iconic. It is so nice. And heading out there from the Ventura Harbor, like we need to invest in that and really lean into that and connect people, f- a you know, bridge. venture a bridge from a bridge. Yes. ADA so. bridge. Yeah, that's what yeah. we need. That's right. No doubt. <laughs> uh, but it, it's funny with the kayak thing. Uh, dolphins, have you bumped into any yet? Uh, no. Yeah. When we, we used to go out and surf Bonk. and we would be out and dolphins would be right next to our mm-hmm. boats and just literally go bump and they'd yeah. bump your boat. And it was so much fun. It was a great four years I lived on Weymouth, and it was the best times I've ever had. Nice. Kayaking is awesome. It is. It really is. Steph, side question. How many council members do you think currently go in the ocean on a monthly basis? Ha! I don't. I, uh, probably very few. <laughs> I'm going to say zero. Do you find it somewhat odd that we live in a beach town and nobody goes in the water? We used to have surfers on the council. Brian Brennan we Brennan said, was the guy. I'm just saying, do you find that interesting? I find that interesting, yeah. Do you think that we should have council members that go in the water? Yeah. Come I on, mean, let's go. Yeah, maybe maybe like a, a beach walk at least. I, I get it, but I mean, but it's important. Yeah. Going in the water and knowing that culture, you have to. How can you not go in the water and not touch the people? Spence, t- it, help me. It's like the sheriff. Um, uh, For a house? Jaws. No, uh, uh, in Jaws, who was uh, afraid of the water. Yes. I can't think of his dang name. Ray. Ray. No. Ray. Uh, his name is Ray. Well, yeah. yeah. And, and he was afraid of the water. And I think maybe we have a little bit of that. When you used to graduate, and this stopped about 20 years ago, graduating from Notre Dame, you had to know how to swim. You had to be proficient in the pool because it started off with a connection to the Navy. And it used to be they, they held on to it forever. Where it, When you went there, and I think to become a city council person, you should be happy. Swim the pier. Swim the pier. Swim the pier. Election day. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. Steph Carver Names willing to swim the pier for the city of Ventura. <laughs> I like it. willing to do it. So On the I, record. I think it should be. Could you swim the pier right now? Yeah, I'll try. Yeah, I'll do it. All right. I love it. I swim the pier every year with my kids for the nice. junior lifeguards. Yeah. How many lifeguards would be around the pier when I try to swim it? 
16. Yeah, I've never made it. As ne- long as there's no fishermen trying to hook me. Yeah, I've no. never made it. Crown Plaza Steph, one of our new advocates, wants to know, have you been to the top of the part, what I call it, the top of the building? I got to call it, cra- yeah. it's, t- it's called top yeah. of the crown. Have you Iconic been up there? views, yeah. You've been up there? Yeah, yeah. When was the last time you were there? God, I went to like a few, maybe like 2019, before everything happened, I went to like a, a farming agriculture conference up there. It was cool. Mm. Okay, stop there for a second. Since you're on the G-Pack, yeah. you've been involved in the conversations about SOAR, right? And mm. creating these layers of the base extended yeah. and the... Diver- is it the distributed. Thinking, distributed. I want this question, please, if you wouldn't help me. Because they said that there's a few people that have been advocating to put SOAR and develop the three farmlands on the east side. Yeah. Where do you stand on that? I think it's something that would have to be voted by the people 100%. I love that. But yeah. if Ventura Ford asks the tough questions, how would you vote? Do you vote because there's the base, there's yeah. the, the two other ones. The top one is the only one that doesn't touch them. Are you in favor of the bottom two that possibly develop some of the farmland? I think it is a last resort. There's so much infill. There's so many other opportunities that if Ventura is in an absolute emergency mm-hmm. where it needs housing desperately, mm-hmm. I think it should be viewed of as an option. Mm-hmm. But 2022... No, maybe in ten years. I don't know. Because it doesn't go to. I'll help you out. Just, today, today, it's a no. Yeah. In the future, I think it's an interesting option, but no. Thank you for saying that, and not that I'm trying to wamboozle you. Yeah. It, it isn't sore until 2050. Yeah. It would take a two-thirds majority vote by the people. Yeah. To give it to the possibility. Yeah. My thought in growing up next to the origin of my whole life, just you know, surrounded by them, was like I want it beyond 2050. I want it to like 30, 50 yeah. because I believe the soil and that culture is Ventura. Yeah. So totally, thank you for giving your opinion there. Yeah. Tough question to answer. I think but Pete Freeman, if you're listening, has come out and said that he does want to develop the infill because he sees a difference between the farmland inside the city opposed to outside the city. Right. Where my thought is, yeah, you're right, Pete. The infill that we still have left is the sweetness. It's what makes it great. If we do all of our infill housing people, this is just Spencer's opinion, of course, we're not going to be Ventura. We're not going to be the east side. We're going to be just like everywhere else. And that's what everyone says we yeah. don't want to do. It'd be like everywhere else. We don't want sprawl for sure. But I, I do think it's important to understand. And one of the interesting things I learned on the GPAC is as far as um, environmental pollution goes, it people are quick to think it's from the oil and gas industry off the Ave. But the number one you know, hazardous pollutant that the city residents in Ventura are exposed to pesticides and that is directly linked to the farmland and so i do think even though if we were to keep it if we were to develop it we have to figure out a way to manage the pesticide ex- great i, I know what i, I, love and I actually had uh let's be innovator in pesticides yeah i love it i think we should be a, a bit more progressive and, and forward leading on that because it is dangerous for the residents and i will never forget because i bike from montalvo to uh campus on occasion and uh which is like 13 miles and i go straight through the barranca the strawberry field right off um uh yeah right off the, the industrial the, the, park the Arundel trail yeah Arundel trail off of cowens so Market. I will bike there, and uh, on maybe three occasions, it's bizarre that it has happened. I will be biking uh, on Arundel, and then um, I will see three or four people in full hazmat suits Mm -hmm. 
spraying pesticides and I'm over there on my bike like <gasps> strawberries, just yeah. just breathing it and I'm like that should not be a thing if y'all are in hazmat suits why am I just like casually biking past this mm-hmm. and so that is something that we genuinely need to manage better and figure out for conversations Steph Carver bringing them in the inside questions let's go she's qualifying herself I was in different six I might vote yes I'm not there we're moving through the questions Pizza Chief, beautiful small business in the city of Ventura. What is your favorite pizza, topping-wise? Topping-wise, ooh, gosh, depends on the mood, depends on the vibe. <laughs> I, you know, oh, God, I mean, classic, I feel like if it's a good pizza, I'm going prosciutto with arugula and some Parmesan. Mm-hmm, Just fancy, like a, fancy. Uh, you know, fancy. like... East Coast. I like that. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, my mom is from uh, southern Austria near the Italian border, so definitely, like, get some good Italian pizza. What? I mean, you do the, fi- the finger. This, my, uh, this is the point of the podcast. I gave you the finger, remember? Oh, pineapple? You like pineapple on pizza, for sure, for sure. Okay. Yeah, do I mean, to each their own. I'm not going to judge. What about you? You like pineapple? Uh, To each their own. Yeah. Whoa, she's dot. She, she answers the hard questions, but <laughs> avoids the pineapples. Okay, she's scoring more points. And in your childhood, Arsenal Comics wants to know who was your favorite comic book character, and did you read comic books? I didn't read comic books, but as I've gotten older, I've definitely gotten way more into the Marvel universe. And um, gosh, I who's my favorite? Uh, I would say. Iron Man, man. Iron yeah. Man. Good one. Good choice. Whoa. Iron yeah, I like, you know, because the great thing about Iron Man, he has no superpowers. He yeah. has a brain. That's what's great about Iron cool Man. Cool tech. Yeah, he makes it go. Mm-hmm. He's not one of these. He didn't get bit by a stupid spider. Come on. <laughs> Come on. Actually <laughs> had how, a how unrealistic. Of nuclear waste poured on his head, and suddenly he's a freak show. <laughs> no, he's just a smart guy who figured stuff out. Yeah. <laughs> just like uh, Black Widow. Girl yeah, who yeah, can yeah, fight. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, a woman who can fight. Hey, did you hear the rumors that Spence might be She-Hulk for Halloween? Stop. Yeah, uh, yeah. To a uh, Spence, to your earlier comment, uh, I get the joy of uh, jury duty on Halloween. You do. I do. So I will be showing up in costume. Yeah, and that's that's uh. the way to roll. <laughs> yeah, that's that's. Uh, Boy, on Halloween. On Halloween. Come as a jailbird. Jailbird. <laughs> How is that going to go? Now, that's probably a good thing because a lot of the judges want to dash out and put the costume on. So they might they might throw things to uh, Monday. I might or show up as a judge. <laughs> what it, what, wait, what is Halloween? Is it a Monday? Monday. It, it is. Okay, okay. Yeah. Got it. We got one question left here as we're rolling down to one of our favorite sponsors, X5O High Level Security. And this will kind of lead into maybe the, to the tail end of our podcast. It's been a lot of fun here. We've got a 45-minute mark. Appreciate all the listeners and followers. Ray Fresco for always bringing those beats and tune in. Thank you so much. X5O wants to know if you could improve and enhance one thing in the city of Ventura. And we ask this question to everybody, but it fits in well with city council candidates. What would that one thing be that you could enhance and improve in the city? Yeah. Gosh, uh, painting stripes on streets isn't bike infrastructure, man. Uh, no. And uh, I oh. would advocate for uh, better bike infrastructure. Mm. Barriers, get them uh, protected, actually, uh, so that folks can enjoy and get around town on e-bikes and on bikes uh, better. Okay. 100% on that. 
I, it kills me that people think uh, what a six-inch uh, stripe of paint can protect the cyclist. It's crazy. It's not. And for the driver, too. It's, it's can, bad for both, but the cyclist is one who's going to suffer the damage. Yes. To give our, our listeners and possible voters, would an example be like when you're going west on telephone south of Community Park. Big discussion the last few years how the city put the extra mm. bike lane in. Took away the, took away the car lane. It's a very mm-hmm. interesting conversation that goes on this community. I, I'm finding you're in favor of that. And you want to go farther to put some type of barrier in that, in that instance that would then protect the cyclists more? Or where would an example be of that? I think, so actually I think an interesting alternative is I don't necessarily think it has to be, like it doesn't have to be on telephone even. You can move the bikers into uh, the neighborhoods and structure the neighborhood streets in a way that it becomes like a greenway and a green belt. So uh, they're not even on the main strip. They're Mm. off in the neighborhood. And uh, you change kind of, I think Berkeley and Oakland do an amazing job of this, of of getting folks off of the main uh, thoroughfares where the cars are and into the neighborhoods via kind of one ways, uh, restricting kind of vehicle speeds and, and having you know, basically taking the bikers off the big streets and into the neighborhoods in a way that they can get parallel to get across, to the beach. Get, get yeah. If you know how much I've thought about this, Dev, it'd yeah. probably freak you out because we need to go in the Barrancas. I mean, the Barrancas, I mean, the we got to go in the Barrancas because that's hazmat suits aside, the, the Barranca trail over to Pierpont is, is a great Even in our neighborhoods here in the bird track and stuff, think if you could just dip in behind like Todd Ranch, yeah, yeah, be on Telegraph, go through there and pop out by Branca Vista Park. Hundred percent. You know, there's these areas. They say, oh, the water, this or that. We can redesign these areas. We can make you know warning system. If it rains, you can't go in there. Mm -hmm. You know, and then what does that do? It brings attention to those areas because when there's presence, guess what? There's now not. There's not criminal activity. There's not people living in the bushes. True. There's not people lighting our vegetation on fire, hurting our habitat for wildlife. And then we're, again, not enabling people to do drugs, trafficking, and other things in our community. Hope you're feeling the vibe of Ventura Forward. Let's go. Sorry, that's my little random Spence. How did that sound? <laughs> Sounded great. Thank you, sir. Okay. Steph, you've been an amazing guest. Thank really, you so much for having me. And we're going to give you two minutes here because the last thing that we always do on this podcast is say, you can have the floor. Right, so when you walk out of here, there's like, oh, I didn't say that one thing, or shoot, I could have got that in. So right now, with like one or two minutes, would you mind closing it up and just saying, vote for me, and then what can you bring to Ventura? And there, the floor is yours. Yeah, Spence, Spence, thank you both for, uh, for having me. Uh, it's been a lovely experience. Yeah, I mean, I'm Steph Carba. I am running for city council in District Six. I uh, absolutely love this town, and I love you know the neighbors that I've met and have uh, come to love. And uh, it this isn't about me. It's about District 6 and the residents of District 6. And so I want to hear from you. Um, my number is 424-744-9123. You can call me, text me, ask me questions, give me ideas. That's what this is about. You can email me at carbaforventura at gmail.com. Uh, we, we can do this in Ventura. I feel like city council needs a fresh face. That's what I can provide. I can spot where the sunglasses are. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I, I want to make it happen. I want to, uh, be the city council member that actually, uh, jumps into the ocean and swims and kayaks around town and bikes around town and sees what our streets need, uh, and makes it a better place to live for everyone that, uh, has been here for 30 years or five years. Uh, or one year just wants to move here. So uh, I, I'm an advocate for, for Ventura 100%.
I love it. Thank you so much for bringing your time and sharing the stoke. Spence, how was the show? Awesome. Great information, good conversation. It's cool to see the people that are in this race making that democracy happen. We got good people to vote for. Steph Carba, thank you so much for coming in the Ventura for a podcast. Pineapple pizza. Pineapple pizza, and she likes a little prosciutto. Until next time, let's go. Mm-hmm.